This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Nah, I don't eat eggs. You don't eat eggs? No. Ever? No. Scrambled? No. A hard-boiled egg? No. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Patrick Mahomes, the magic show, is here in Oakland, pulling the rabbit out of the hat and handing the rabbit to Travis Kelsey. According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked out Bishop the Age, and for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas. Everything happening in the sports world. Touchdown! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So you're more of a traditional hark, Christmas hark music. Hark the Herald player. Angels sing. I like that. Hark the Herald Angels oh, yeah. sing. Yeah, I like that. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, maybe the hungriest man in McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. <laughs> How you doing today, Steve? I'm doing great. Are you excited for another fun weekend coming up here with four NFL playoff games, or are you more excited after a couple of wins for the in-state college basketball teams last night? KU beating TCU, K-State rallying from 21 points down and beating West Virginia. Which one has you more amped up? I think it was KU's win. I mean, I know it's a great, the greatest comeback in K-State Wow, history. what a surprising answer that you didn't choose K-State's but, win. But KU's win was really huge from the point that Ochai Abaji oh, yeah. made his debut for KU. And for a guy that has been redshirting all year, it made you wonder, why, why has he been redshirting after the way he played last night? Remember whenever I went up to Lawrence and watched the Jayhawks practice the day before they played their first exhibition game? Right. Abaji was a guy that really impressed me. And I was telling you a little bit about his story today, Steve. And for people that were watching the KU game last night, you heard a little bit about his story where he was not a big-name recruit even going into his senior year of high school. He's from the Kansas City area. I think he Ray technically Taylor. lives. I think he went to Oak Park, okay. which is in the Kansas City, Missouri school district. But he was not a big-name recruit. But I started to see these videos of him dunking in games and becoming the really good basketball player that he is because he didn't play a ton of basketball growing up. I think he was a soccer guy. And then, all of a sudden, he commits to KU and starts popping up on these leaderboards and saying, okay, he might be the 110th best player in the country. Okay, he might be the 60th best player in the country. So he kind of came on out of nowhere. And to the understanding that we have, they redshirted him because they've got so many other guys and a few people that are older than him that they wanted to preserve him for another year, but also to make sure that they keep some other names happy. K.J. Lawson. In order to yeah. make sure that you keep some people happy, you, you gotta keep, keep giving them playing time. You got to play KJ Lawson because you got to keep Diedrich Lawson happy. And Diedrich Lawson, he'll be gone after this year, most likely. Uh, KJ, if he goes after this year, he'll be a vagabond because he's not an NBA player. He's a nice backup role player, 
but he's not a he's not an NBA player. But Abaji emerged last night as a guy that KU is really going to need in order to be successful without Yudoka Azabuki. And you look up and down the box score from last night. KU had to use a lot of guys. McCormick didn't play a ton of minutes. I think he played one minute. Charlie Moore didn't play a ton of minutes. I think he played four. Lightfoot only played like a minute or two. But Abaji played 25. KJ Lawson 11. This is a team that needed some help from some other people because with Yudoka inside, you have some easier answers on the offensive end, and defensively they're a much better team with him in there. But Diedrich Lawson scores 31, grabs 14 rebounds. LeGerald Vick, he... Missed a couple of easy ones and wasn't great shooting from three, but finishes with 12. And then there's Abaji, who had to come off the bench and score seven. And he played 25 minutes. This is a team that is very different, especially if Yudoka Azubuki does indeed being out for does indeed end up being out for the entire season, which who knows, he could come back, but they are I pretty sure so. that he's not. Yeah. But without him, it's a different team. But Abaji sure was a nice glimmer of hope. Well, he had to be because LeGerald Vick, Played 36 minutes. Now, he had 12 points, hit a couple tough shots. But good grief. This is two games in a row. His ball, he had seven turnovers the last game, six turnovers in this game. You just wonder what's going on inside his head sometimes. His concentration level is just not there, it seems like. Now, the other game going on in the Sunflower State last night was one that you might have turned off if you got to about halftime and you I, see K-State down by 21 in that game. 42-21, I flipped it over. And Steve said, Psh, I'm done with K-State. They're about to be 0-3. I'll turn on the TV tomorrow morning, see some highlights. Then all of a sudden, they find their way to work back into the game. Barry Brown is stepping up and making some huge shots for K-State. He finished with 29. Kamal Stokes was back and playing. He finished with 12. McGurl finishes well, with 18 and makes I, four threes. I did watch some of that big comeback by K-State, uh, like during the KU timeout and halftime and things like that. McGurl, I mean, that's a, that was an aberration. That guy, he isn't going to score 18 very often. But, boy, did he step up when he had to. Hit a bunch of big threes. Barry Brown finally played like the Barry Brown that they have envisioned all year. He's not been really very good this year. Um, you know, he tested the NBA waters, decided to come back. Good thing he did. And, uh, boy, I tell you, if K-State had lost that game, this this season might have spiraled really fast out of control. But I just was glancing at the uh, headlines when I got back uh, from my break, and it looks like Dean Wade is going to be back sooner than they Ooh. think. Yeah, they you know, it was, they were thinking Dean Wade was going to be out at least another month. He may be back within the next 10 days or two weeks. One of the big problems with the K-State team this year, Steve, is just that they have not been able to score. And there was a moment in the game last night, down 42-21 with time running out, that it looked like they were going to have another under 50-point night. You look at their first couple of games of Big 12 play, 57 against Texas Tech, 47 against Texas. They only scored 59 against George Mason, 55 against Southern Miss. And at halftime, they had 21, wasn't it, last night? Yeah. 46 against Tulsa, 71 against Marquette. Yeah. This is just a 56 against Kennesaw State in their opener. This is a team that, especially without Dean Wade, has had some problems scoring. But even when he was in the lineup, it's a team that's not scoring much. It doesn't look like they're running a whole lot of offensive sets, but just... Trying well, to play a little street ball. Xavier Sneed has got to step it up. My man, <laughs> X-Man, Xavier Sneed. I like to call him Xavier. I just like that name. But Mike 
uncle's middle name was Xavier, so I Xavier. Francis. I was really hoping your uncle's name was Xavier. Yeah, that'd been cool. That yeah. would have been strange. I love, yeah, but anyway, uh, he's a guy that should be averaging 15 a game, and he has just been a brick mason. I don't know if he's even averaging double figures right now. So as we look at these two teams, and we didn't really even get to talk about them after their, let's say, subpar performances on Saturday where the Jayhawks went up to Ames oh, and, horrible. and slopped it up. K-State lost to Texas Tech. I don't remember. The game was on was the road. A, it was like six-point game. They played. I got actually, to see the last 10 or 15 minutes They actually played pretty well against Texas. And by the way, Texas Tech, the only unbeat three games into the season, and there's only one unbeaten team in conference play. I believe Texas Tech's the only unbeaten team. Yeah, left. they're the only one at 3-0. But remember that first night, all the road teams were winning games. Yeah. It, it, it was weird. Yeah. But – I told you a couple weeks ago, I don't have a good enough feel for the Big 12 yet, and that it might take four or five games before I really start well, to understand this league a little bit more. But maybe the biggest takeaway I have, how down West Virginia is. Oof. They're 0-3, and, and they're 8-7 and overall. Their guard play is terrible. I mean, their guard play is just terrible. And, and you know, Iowa State, after the way they manhandled KU – I'm thinking, boy, I missed the ball of them. They go down to Baylor and get beat. So, Baylor's this is supposed to be kind of a down year for Baylor. But, you know, where KU has the advantage in every year in the race, they lose maybe one conference game, a lot of times zero conference games at home. Right. And right there, that's nine. You're either 9-0, and 8-1 at home. You split on the road. Bill Self says every year, 14-4 and four will win you the conference. And it might be. 13-5 and five yeah. in a year like this. Yeah, I, I really think that. I, I think KU has a lot of struggles on the road. I think you know I think they lose at OU. I think they lose at Texas Tech. I wouldn't be surprised they lose at K-State. And the, what's the other one I was thinking they could lose at? Well, they've already lost at Iowa State. What about Texas? I th- they always play pretty well at Texas. So I just got – I don't know. This Texas team, they're hard to get a read on. Yeah. Steve, you being the big KU fan that you are – are you nervous about the Big 12 race this year? Oh, yeah. Or, or, are you saying, oh, this is still KU's to win, even I, though Texas Tech has been good and they're 14-1 overall and 3-0 in the league? Are you nervous? Are you saying this team is going to win, but it might not be pretty? Are you thinking, I don't think they're going to win the league? Oh, I'm not going to say that. What's running through your I'm mind? I'm not going to say they're not going to win the league. But I think this this is one of the years they could even share the title. Now they've they've won fourteen in a row. Four of those years, uh, they shared it. I think they shared it like three of the first four in that run. And the only other team that tied them one year, I believe, was K State. Right. That was I think 2013. two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Since then, but K- KU beat them that year. I think three times. Yeah, yeah. But they had a couple of other bad losses mixed in there. Yeah. And were but, all over the but place. But this K, you know, I wrote in my column earlier this week that it's a team that is tough to embrace. They do a lot of really stupid stuff. Quentin Grimes only played 16 minutes last night. He was horrible. Bill Self just said, I can't stand to look at you anymore. Get on the bench. And he played with Obaji. And then uh, Dotson played a lot of minutes. KJ played a lot of minutes in the second half. Uh, It's just a team that's very difficult to embrace. Well, the other thing in regards to that is – this is a pretty new team. Oh, yeah. That some of the friendly faces that you saw the last few years, the Frank Masons, Devontae Grahams, Zvi Mikhailuk, even a guy like Mitch Lightfoot or Yudoka Azabuki that have been around, they haven't been playing as much. You don't Yudoka's have, not playing. You don't have that one guy 
that you can say he is going to will us to win. Now, Diedrich Lawson put the team on his back offensively last night, but you know he's he's got that old man game where he, he could if if he jumped off the ground, you could almost put about a piece of paper under his shoes, and that's about as much as he gets off the ground. But you got to have that. You know, Frank Mason was that bulldog mentality. Devontae, he had that bulldog mentality. Dotson is the guy that is going to have the closest thing to that bulldog mentality. It's not going to be LeGerald. I don't know where LeGerald is. I mean, he's just, he's out there in left field. He's in his own, he's on LeGerald planet, whatever he is. But, uh, uh, you know, every now and then he steps up with a big game. But uh, his game is just too indifferent for me to really like. But you look at this roster and think, okay, so who are the, who are the fan favorites? Who are the players that the fans, they've been around them for so long, they love them? Probably number one, Yudoka, and Mitch. he's not playing. Mitch. Mitch Lightfoot, maybe he's a two. LaGerald Vick, is he really a fan favorite? No. Is Silvio De Sosa, who hasn't played in a game this year, is he a fan favorite? These are the guys that have the most experience coming well, back. I think, I think one of the fan favorites is Marcus Garrett because the guy can really play defense. You know, he, 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 he really he, – he's got a strange game. He's got no offensive game, but he's got this – these finger rolls and, uh, you know, drives to the basket. He's even starting to make more free throws. Uh, now he's dribbling at three times the line instead of one. Uh, his free throw percentage has gone up about 17 points. But uh, I think Marcus Garrett is becoming a fan favorite. But the other players that are having to play so many minutes and give them so many points are people that they're a little unfamiliar with because, let's face it, they've only played, what, 10, 11, 12 games this year. Yeah. A guy like Diedrich Lawson. They still don't know him very well yet. K.J. Lawson, David McCormick, they don't see him enough to know no. much about him. Charlie Moore transferred in. You don't know a lot about him. Well, he can't play defense, so now that they're in the Big 12 play, his minutes are going to go down. Dotson, Grimes, all these players that are playing a big role, they're still new. Yeah. They're still young. And yeah. so it's hard for this team to really wrap their arms around or the fans to wrap their arms around. And while K-State... It's all the same guys that mm-hmm. you've been seeing the last few well, years. And this is and a lot of seniors. And this is K if K State does not make a deep run this year, I'm saying like to the sweet sixteen, it's gonna be kind of scary next year because all you got back is Sneed. I think the big guy was at Mawai, I think how's he pronounce his name? Mayween. Mayween. Uh, let's see, Stokes will be gone, Wade will be gone, Brown will be gone. I mean, that's your big three right there. You got Jara. Kadiye Jara, I don't even... Did Jada. He, did he play that much last night? He didn't score much last night. I guess I didn't. Uh, for some reason, it seemed like he didn't play very many minutes when I was watching. Cartier, do you think if you took a poll of K-State basketball fans right now, where do you think their approval rating would be of Bruce Weber compared to where it was maybe a month ago, maybe two months ago? Do you think it would be significantly down? Do you think he would be in some danger zones as a, of approval rating or approval rating or do you think this is maybe just an overreaction or people are understanding the circumstances? I think people understand without Dean Wade, they're a different basketball team. I'd say I'd put him at about 68% right now. What do you think your approval rating is? 0. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's terrible. It's not great. No, I mean I I have been some get- some guy harassed Stephen Dillon's last night and said, "Hey, you're you're an idiot." Yeah, and he just sort of had to take it. Some lady threw eggs at him. She opened up one of the cartons and just started egging <laughs> well, him in the that, bread aisle. Now that didn't happen, but oh, so you're saying I, the idiot comment did happen? But but well, I 
I've had a few, uh, a lot of people have commented on, on how inept I was on my NFL picks. And of course, tomorrow, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm forging on, you know, I'm going to try and climb out of the, you know, the depths of mediocrity and, you know, try to, let's do it again. I'm glad we didn't do a bracket because your bracket would be busted. Well, I could go, you know, you look at the games this weekend, I could very well go 0-4 again this weekend. <laughs> and I would, as the president say, I own it. I would own it. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Yeah. All right, Steve, let's take another break. Speaking of the NFL, let's talk about the Chiefs and their matchup with the Colts. And we'll talk about it a little more tomorrow as well. But previewing their playoff matchup at Arrowhead Stadium coming up on Saturday afternoon. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, are you beginning to become pessimistic about the Chiefs on Saturday? Are you trying to talk yourself up and tell yourself they're going to go out and win it 45-20? to 20? Or are you thinking this could just be a game that comes down to the end and a little bit more like the 45-44 game against the Colts a couple years ago. I think it's going to be just like that. But we're, the reason I think this year is different, and as a teaser for my column, I, Ooh, I teaser. I like the Chiefs to, uh, on Saturday. But Patrick Mahomes, the guy is just, I mean, he's just so good. Now, granted, he didn't play great. I didn't think he played that great the last four games of the regular season. No. I think he kind of hit the wall, and I think, He's one of the guys that really, uh, really needed that week off. You know, you talk about Sammy Watkins and Eric Berry and, you know, some of those guys. But I think Mahomes did, too. I think I think from a mental standpoint, he's going to be refreshed. He's probably got some new tricks in his bag. I don't know. Maybe he'll throw a softball-like pass down the field or something. You know, underhand. Oh, fire, I, thought, I thought you – Fire about a 30-yarder <laughs> like a softball pitcher or something like that. I bet he'll, he could. Oh, oh, there's no doubt he could. But I just got a feeling – I mean, the, the Colts lost six games for a reason. I mean, they did. Well, and, the reason was Andrew Luck was hurt for yeah, five of the first they're, six. They're 10-1. and one in That's their last, the reason that they lost they're five They're 10-1 in their last games. 11. But, I just, you know, I, I just got a better feeling about the Chiefs than when Alex Smith was, at, you know, at the controls. You do? Yeah. Wow. I really do. <laughs> well, I have a better feeling about their passing game. Yeah. But uh, I think this could be a game, though, where they really miss Kareem Hunt. I really do. What about defensively? How do you anticipate this game playing out on the defensive side for the Chiefs and what Andrew Luck and the Colts can do? Well, it's going to come down to Steven Nelson and whoever the other Toast brother is on the other <laughs> side, be it. I think Skandrick may be back in the lineup this week. I mean, who is the guy Ward they had the last two games? Charvarius Ward. What about Tremont Smith? From the University of Central Arkansas. Terrible. They stick him back there on kick return, and then all of a sudden they go, okay, he's playing safety tonight. Well, I think you put Tyreek Hill back on kickoffs, 
for the playoffs. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I, I think you put Tyreek Hill back there. It's all hands on deck. There's, I mean, I know that even know, if you don't have him return all that much, just the ju- just to scare people. Yeah, yeah. I, I think because you know he, he was a great kickoff returner his rookie year, and of course he hasn't done it now since his rookie year. But I, I think you go ahead and put him back there. I think you gotta you gotta unleash unleash the hounds. You gotta unleash every weapon you got. Of all the teams left in the AFC, looking at the Patriots, looking at the Chargers, looking at the Colts, which of those three would you have rather played in this game at Arrowhead Divisional Round? And let's say they could have played the Patriots, even though they couldn't have. Which of those three would you have rather played in this round? Colts. And which of those three would you rather play, if you're not including the Colts, would you rather play the Chargers or the Patriots? in the AFC championship game. I know this is going to sound strange, but I'd rather play the Patriots in the championship game at Arrowhead because I just don't think the Patriots... I know, you know, Gronkowski doesn't scare me anymore. No, he hasn't scared me in three years. I mean, he's broken down. Uh, Edelman, he's not like an elite receiver. Now, James White out of the backfield is very scary. Sony Michel. But I think, I think Brady... At Arrowhead, now if it was a, if it was a Foxborough, I, I don't know if I'd want to play him. But at Arrowhead, I, I just think they get after Brady. Uh, Chargers scare me to death now; they really do. I mean, I there's just, just something about that team this year that is Philip Rivers taking over and saying, "I've got to go win a Super Bowl." Yeah. To get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the Chargers really they really scare me now. Well, and their defense after, is good after what they did to the Ravens. That's what's really scary. They destroyed the Ravens. They did, and I know the score was a one. I think it was twenty three seventeen. Yeah, but it was a but it was twenty not point close. game for three quarters. It was not close. Yeah, and there's just there's something that tells me inside. Yeah, Philip Rivers coming to Arrowhead Stadium, psh, big deal. Philip Rivers, Phyllis Rivers. He has lost the last five years to the Chiefs, with the exception of the last game they played. But there's something about his, his mentality this year. And the one win the Chiefs had over the Chargers this year, remember, was the first game of the season. Yeah. Where Phillip Rivers got on the field, they punted, Chiefs took the punt back, got Tyree. the ball back, threw a long touchdown, that he was down 21 nothing or yeah. 21-3 before he could really even do yeah, anything. Yeah, and they had to abandon their running game early in that game, and that's what scares me because Melvin Gordon's really good. You know, he's starting to get healthy. and But I, I, I still think of the, of the other three, I'd still want to play the Colts. Just because I don't know how good defensively they are. Now, They're they, very good defensively. They've been the number one defense in the NFL the last twelve weeks. I know, but I, I just I just think with the, the the Chiefs' weapons, the Chiefs can make a great defense look bad. That's true, and they've done that a lot of times this season. So this Colts team, Andrew Luck, they've had to turn things around from the very beginning of this season, where they lost to the Bengals thirty four twenty three, but Luck was hurt. They beat the Redskins, but the Redskins weren't very good. No. I mean, they they were not a very good team, even with Alex Smith. Yeah. They lost to the Eagles by four. They lost to the Texans by three. They lost to the Patriots by two touchdowns. Then they lost to the Jets, 42-34. to yeah. But after that, they beat the Bills. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Jags. They killed the Titans. They okay, beat the stop, Dolphins. Okay, stop. Those first three. Read those first three teams again. Bills, Raiders, Jags. That's Stinkerooville right there. Titans, Dolphins, Jags again, but then they lost to the Jags 6 nothing. Beat the Texans, beat the Cowboys, beat the Giants, beat the Titans, and then in the postseason beat the Texans again. 
That's not a lot of really good wins, though. When you well, the AFC South is not a resume booster. Yeah. But there's just something about Indianapolis playing the Chiefs in the playoffs. Lynn Elliott. 38-10. to 10. Wasn't Lynn Elliott the oh, kicker yeah. against the Colts? Wasn't it against the Colts? Oh, yeah, the where they lost 10-7. Yeah. The 38-10 to 10 game at Indy. I will never live that game down. I had just bought an Alex Smith jersey that I wore for the first time that day. Did you burn it? No, I still have it. Okay. 38-10 in the second half, in the third quarter. Niall Davis, Niall the Knife is running through the Can defense. Yeah, Can My I? guy, Niall Davis, Jamal Charles got hurt that game. Andrew Luck fumbling that ball at the goal line and bouncing around and picking it up and scoring. Dwayne Bowe catching what would have been the game-saving first down out of bounds. Everything about that game was painful. I don't remember the no-punt game. Do you know which one I'm referring to? 2003? Yeah. Well, I guess it was in 2004. I don't remember as much about that game because I was younger, but I remember watching it and, and seeing it happen. There's just something about playing the Colts. And I know that the players... The Don't common care. the common theme with every Colts game, their defense stinks. The Chiefs stink on defense when they play the Colts. I know the players don't care. I know Patrick Mahomes was like hanging out in high school when that thirty-eight to ten game happened and was probably watching it with his buddies. Oh yeah. I know that they don't care, but the people in the stands remember. You've been a fan for. 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and you remember these things. You're going to have 70,000 people in the stands on Saturday that are going to be squirming the whole game, and the Colts are just going to come out with nothing to lose. I mean, they right. they weren't even supposed to be here, and they're going to come out loose. They're going to come out and probably punch the Chiefs in the mouth. The very first drive, they're going to go right down the field. It's almost predictable. The Colts will go right down the field, take them about three minutes to score, and then it's game on. The wild shootout begins. It's going to be a wild weekend in the NFL. I kind of wish this game was Sunday, Sunday, like the last game on Sunday, yeah. instead of the first game of the weekend. Because if the Chiefs do something weird and they lose, it just sets the tone for an awful weekend. And then the Cowboys are on Saturday, too, and you know they're allegedly America's team, uh, even though that should be... Okay, what do you mean allegedly? Huh? Why do you say it that way? They haven't done anything for 25 years. But they're still the most popular team in America. Well, that's because Jerry Jones is... But they are. Well. They are America's team. Now, they are not America's winningest team. No. But they're still America's team. And a lot of times, Mexico's team. Mexico loves the Cowboys. Well, but the Atlanta Braves used to be America's team. and you know That's because they were on TBS and nobody else could afford any other cable besides just TBS well, every that's, day. That's true. All right, Steve, one more break. I've got another topic to talk about with you next in regards to both baseball and football. I think you'll catch my drift here in just a minute. Yep. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, we're running out of time today. But one of the big news stories that's been going around is in regards to... Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. 
because he is he was drafted in the first round of the MLB draft with the Oakland Athletics. Everybody figured, okay, end of the football season. Four point six million. He'll he'll figure things out, go play a little baseball with the A's, report to spring training, and collect his winnings. But now it sounds like Kyler Murray is going to at least test the waters with the NFL and see what happens and put himself into the NFL draft. And I wanted to know not what you would do because I don't I, I know what you would do. I think you would take the four point six million dollar signing bonus with the MLB and go hang out in Tucson, Arizona and and catch some rays for a while. But what do you think is the smart financial move for Kyler Murray? Is it to go play baseball and have the potential to play in the majors? Or is it to try and go make an NFL roster? Take the signing bonus from potentially being a first round NFL draft pick and seeing if he can make it work at the NFL level. I'm saying right now he goes football. There's no doubt in my mind. He's going to go football. He's going to have to cough up some money because I bet he spent a little bit of that $4.6 million that he got from Oakland. Maybe just a little. He has to pay that back. He's got to wet the beak a little bit. Well, he, 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 he's going to go. I'm telling you right you now. You really think he'll do football? He's going to do football, and if it doesn't work out, then he's going to go back to baseball. But – I, like, I look at it this way. He's been playing in front of 80,000 every game at OU, basically. He will get good money in the NFL. If he goes to Oakland, yes, he gets the $4.6 million, $2.3 million probably after taxes. But there's no guarantee he's going to be a star in baseball. He might be a washout. And do you think he really wants to play in front of 342 people in Visalia, California? Not really. Yeah, do you think he wants to I play? Think. Do you think he wants to play in about in front of eight thousand people at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum Mausoleum? Probably not. Where it's, where it's really cold. It I, is cold there. It is cold there. Very cold there. at night. Yeah, that, that bay wind. Yeah. yeah, the bay cold. Oh, I I think this is this is the only thing that would keep him in baseball. He's got the angriest owner, the angriest agent. In the history of mankind. Who's his agent? Scott Boris. Oh, God. Yeah. Scott Boris, the angriest agent. Scotty B. Yeah, the angriest agent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, he's going football, baseball. If he ends up any good in football, he could actually, he could be the number one draft pick because Cliff Kingsbury loves him. That's right. The new Arizona coach. Arizona has the number one draft pick. They could trade Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray. You know, number one draft pick. He'd probably make. Nine or ten million being the number one pick in the NFL draft. More chances for endorsements. This is a no-brainer. He's going NFL. You can just kiss that baseball career goodbye. See you later. Yep. Bye-bye baseball. Yep. Okay. We yep. heard it here from Steve first. That's right. Steve, tomorrow on the show we will take a look at what's coming up for the Bullpups on Friday night, taking on El Dorado. We'll give one more big preview for all the NFL games that will be happening on Saturday and Sunday should be a great weekend. Yep, have our picks tomorrow too. Oh, we'll have lots of picks. Yeah, we'll, so we'll see how well. Now Steve remember does. when I when I give my picks, just bet the other way and you'll probably win a lot of money. There you go. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell. I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Next Tech Wireless and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. 
Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.